Dear Abby Normals, welcome to Deeply Disturbing Things, the podcast. I'm Macy. And I'm Naomi. And I'm Sarah. And we're three anxious counselors who like to talk about deeply disturbing things. Let's dive in. And I get to go first, but I was really distracted. Uh, We had a failed intro before that intro because I realized I really don't want this in the background. Oh, why? Why? Because I've painted it and it's horrible. Bear eating children? (laughs) Is that all blood? You know those dumb paint and sift nights? Yes. Oh, yeah. That's what I made. Oh, God. (laughs) Bear eating children. It could be. Look at the carnage zone. It was. I'm close, closer. It was one of those that looked yep. way better at the time. And then the next day I was like, what in the actual? I've done it before too. And I'm like, oh, I'm so proud of this. And then, yeah, you're right. After it's like, okay. I shouldn't probably do this. Again. And that was supposed to be a dog, not a bear. Oh, really? It really is a really it's good, how bad it is. good bear. It's a really <laughs> good bear. The butt to head ratio is on point. You should have just went for bear. <laughs> so bad. Just go for just bear. Open. Are we in front of the heater? What is happening? I'm like, so I'm like <laughs> How are you? We are. On? The computer's right there. Is it switched off? No. Oh, I can tell you it's You can close the vent, Sarah. Okay. It's like old-fashioned where you go. Chicken. It's like a sauna. Yes. All right. I get to go first tonight. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a long, long podcast. My topic's a bit sad. So okay, so readjuster. Your face. I'm gonna talk about Mori syndrome. that's a japanese word and linguistically it's a combination of the word hiku or draw or pull and komoru or seclude oneself so it's about withdrawing from society pulling back being a shut-in i think something similar to this exists everywhere in the world Mm -hmm. but there's unique aspects of Japanese culture that make mm-hmm. hikikomori syndrome a unique uh, phenomenon in Japan, I believe. So we'll we'll talk about that. Is this going to tie in a little bit with like the suicide forest stuff we talked about? No. Okay. I mean, no. No. I mean, okay. indirectly. Indirectly. As, everything's connected, as we've <laughs> established. Yes. A 2015 review proposed three possible reasons why someone might turn hikikomori. It could be an overdependent youth that grew up with smothering families where they never gained autonomy or learned to trust people. So sort of like we have helicopter parents here and, you know, a lot of people have given millennials a bad rap calling them snowflakes and all that because feel like they can't really uh, adapt to society and sorry i was noticing the other rabbit on the table right there. rabbits are everywhere you're the, the rabbit starts tomorrow so another theory could be it's maladaptive independent youths who grow up in dysfunctional families and that led to bullying and not having good relationships in school so you'd pull back from society because you're not fitting in because you had problems at home and and it sort of um, snowballed. And then the third theory is it's counter-dependent youths who are so burdened by like the pressures of achieving in school and careers that they withdraw from society. 
So those are three theories that have been put out about this. So as we go through it, you can think about why you think, what you think might be the causes of okay. this. This has been described as a serious social issue in Japan for decades, but now it is getting worse. Hikikomori are those who withdraw from school or work and social life and just drop out completely from society. They may live off their parents, so they may mm -hmm. completely rely on parents to support them, mm -hmm. to buy food and, you know, provide housing. Mm -hmm. um, they may play video games all day, all night. Sounds, yeah. So to qualify as begin being hikikomori, you have to have confined yourself in your house for six months or more. So I think that's a, yeah, that's a kind of a distinct feature from yeah. some things that I'm thinking about, maybe some U.S. culture things. Mm -hmm. I mean, I kind of thought about, remember when World of Warcraft first came out <laughs> and it was like people were like not feeding right. their kids and not eating. I mean, that still <laughs> happens. People still play World of Warcraft. So this isn't right. just video games. So there's a lot of, I watched a ton of documentaries about this and some people don't even play video games, but I think that is an aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Maybe a subculture of hikikomori that are super into video games. Mm -hmm. So six months or more, totally confined in your house, not going to school, not going to work, not participating at all in society. So last year, 2022, in Japan, there were 1.15 million people that were identified as hikikomori. Wow. So looking at how that breaks down by age, so the younger set, ages 15 to 39, was 541,000, so just over half a million. And then ages 40 to 64 was the bigger percentage, 613,000. I'm sure the data would be hard to get on this too, because with, uh, you know, the stigma associated, it's probably underreported, would be my assumption that families don't want to acknowledge it. I 100% agree with you. It's likely underreported. Mm -hmm. Concerningly, these numbers have doubled in the past few years. And that age group, that's the older age group, that's the larger age group, that is where this is becoming a big problem. Because if you're an older adult and you're living with a parent, mm -hmm. relying on them to support you, what happens when the parents die Switches. or yeah. go into a care home? and you've never cared for yourself, and now you're 50 years old. Big problem. That's a big problem. Mm -hmm. So they're calling this the 80-50 problem because elderly parents in their 80s are now supporting hikikomori that are now in their 50s. Mm, geez. And, this, and it's been going on for decades, so their children, you know, that are old just don't have any um, life skills. skills. Mm -hmm. They don't They've not worked. They may not even know how to cook themselves meals or do anything like pay bills or any of that. Hikikomori are mostly men, but it affects all genders. So a couple of case studies. I watched a bunch of documentaries. Um, one individual had barely left this tiny little room he lived in for more than 10 years. He said he keeps the TV on 24-7 even if he's not watching it because the sound is comforting. And mm. when it's silent, it reminds him that he's alone. He never leaves the house. He said he might spend the day on his futon, just staring at the ceiling. 
And he said everything was fine in his life until he was bullied by his professor in college and by other students. And this trauma made him turn against others. And, and really for him, he said it made time stand still. Like he didn't progress beyond that point. Mm. So at this time in the documentary, he was 32, but his room looked like a teenage room, like the same stuff, same, yeah, decoration, same manga books all on a shelf. With I mean, I don't honestly fully know about like Japanese culture and like mental health. Um, Do they at all talk about that part? Like, yeah, they do. They do. It's like a self-inflicted prison, which I mean is I would like depression, PTSD, agoraphobia. Are you reading? What? Literally, I have those three words next. <laughs> oh my god, you do? <laughs> no, <laughs> she, she has depression, PTSD, anxiety, agoraphobia. <laughs> I think you side eyed that. I did not <laughs> side eye that. <laughs> so uh, this individual said he's afraid of the world. Even a phone call or an email stresses him out. We're obviously mental health therapists in this room. (laughs) Hikikomori are unable to comply with Japan's strict cultural expectations for social interaction and the high value placed on work. So when they can't do that, it makes them feel worthless. There's a lot of shame attached Mm -hmm. to this, not only for the Hikikomori, but for the parents. Of a activists, like everything, really. So this person relies on his mother to provide food for him. She spoke on the documentary saying she's ashamed of her son and tried and tried, you know, to encourage him to go out, you know, get a job. Um, but is you know, a decade later, nothing's changed and has really given up and is at a loss for how to help him. Mm-hmm. So my my mental health, you know, my mental health mind's going. I'm like yeah. depression. Yeah. Like is that is it could it be PTSD? Are we looking at anxiety, agoraphobia? But then I I so I dived into this. Like, how is this related to you know mental health diagnoses as we are understand them here? So hikikomori is not an official mental health diagnosis, but has been defined by Japanese experts as having criteria so it's it's not in the dsm but there is criteria that they've defined so one is you're spending most of the time at home two no interest in going to school or working three persistence of withdrawal for more than six months four exclusion of schizophrenia mental retardation, um, I don't believe we use that word anymore, intellectual disabilities, I'll say instead, and bipolar disorder. So they're excluding those three. Okay. And then- That actually ruled out one diagnosis I was considering. Yeah. And um, they will also exclude anybody who has personal relationships, like friendships. Okay. So if you have- So like if if you have actual- friends and you're playing online with friends you're not hikikomori according to this definition okay yeah um well and i'm curious how they define friendship too because there's a lot of people who have like even my niece and nephew have online friends that they've never so met before that's like right now i yeah yeah feels like summer and yeah. you're wearing a black cloak 
You might as well just start taking it off. I'm just God, I'm wearing it. And a long sleeve shirt. Sleeveless. Oh, it's like a, it is a sweater. She's wearing a sweater under <laughs> I hope you have a tank under that. If you have to go down another layer. At least the heat's off. So I think there's varying views on the mental health aspect of this. Um, One person, this quote I grabbed off a Hukikomori website, said, not a mental illness, just I don't feel like working. (laughs) Frustration and despair of middle-aged Hukikomori. Well, middle, yeah. I mean, and could it be like what we call like the midlife crisis that was like well sometimes starts somewhere it and starts then, in teens well though. that's what i'm saying yeah. like maybe it turns starts from that like i don't wanna to I now can't. i really <laughs> I can't and i want to rent a car <laughs> so as, as you'll soon we get into it i i think that there's it's not a homogenous group i i think there's different um sub groups within hikikomori where mental health may play more than with other people this was first identified in the 1990s when the post-tech bubble hit young people especially hard and really today people can get anything they want online you do not have to leave your house Mm -hmm. you can get food you can get Water. medicine you can get anything delivered right to your house about that about have you guys seen wally yeah and he's like yeah. he's like i feel like we're just heading in the direction of those guys that are in their chairs and like you just get everything handed to you and, you, and they were always staring at screens and they're always on the screens mm-hmm. wally and, is prophetic yes that is I love that great mm-hmm. so the existence of a kikomori means people will die alone out of sight. And there's a Japanese word for this, hodokushi, which means a lonely death. Mm-hmm. And I did that topic a while back on people that do cleaning, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. either crime scene cleanup, or sometimes they come and clean after somebody died alone and was there for an extensive period of time. Right. So Kodokushi or lonely deaths need special cleaning. So there are special companies who clean these apartments of tenants who died alone. And often nobody knows they've died until there's an odor. So the bodies could be there for an extensive period of time, you know, fluids soaking through, flooring. Um, The apartments, you know, may be messy. Because they never have anyone over, so there might not be that motivation to keep things tidy. Okay. Um, maybe a lot of garbage, that kind of thing. I read a research article recently that said, like, do you think that it would be better to, you know, be in a really unhealthy relationship or just be single your whole life, like that route? Most people would say, well, being single would be better um, because I'm not in an unhealthy, like, fighting and blah 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 relationship, and that's not what the research shows because loneliness and being alone actually has higher depression and earlier death mm-hmm. rates than people who are in some relationship of some kind wow. some connection it is so freaking hot all of a sudden i feel it's, better i think my wine hit in my, my face. sleeveless shirt like, i'm wow. feeling good so this cleaning company <laughs> staff 
I was so impressed by how respectful they were going into these places. You know, they could be like making fun of it or grossed out by the piles of garbage or that kind of thing. But they, you know, made sure to put things that look like it might be something, you know, family might want separately and not just throw everything out so i i thought they were really great at their jobs but they said people should pay more attention to others and build relationships with others in the community but hikikomori may not be responsive to those efforts to connect which is the Mm -hmm. other side of things so what's to blame about this most people say modern japanese society is what's to blame so unlike here in the West, individualism is not valued in Japan. Individuals are expected to conform to the group. Mm-hmm. And hikikomori un- are unable to do that. They're unable to fit into these norms of, you know, work real hard, you know, academic success. Mm-hmm. Then you get into the career and you work really hard and, you know, you are respectable and you don't bring shame upon your family by steering away from that expected norm. And so when they can't fit into that, they end up feeling completely useless. They feel shame and guilt. A 56-year-old Hikikomori whose parents died was found later emaciated refused help from social work outreach, and then was himself found dead from malnutrition 10 days later. So that's that 80-50 problem. The parents of these 50-something-year-old Hikikomori are either dying or they're going into care homes, and then their children are unable to care for themselves, and they're dying alone. The parents of a middle-aged Hikikomori were worried about what the future held for their child. Our son has no income, they said, but we're getting older. But some parents do not care. They're uh, (laughs) more callous in their response. One parent said, Mm. I was told Hikikomori aren't ill. They're just lazy. So there's different perspectives from parents. But this crisis originally involved young people, but now it's in this new phase. Because they're growing up. (laughs) They're growing up. The parents are getting older. You know, know, when you're 20 and and you're like allowed for a little bit, it's different. Yeah. Well, and I think too, like it's just going to be like that bitterness and resentment just continues to grow and fester. And then it's like reinforced by society over and over and over again every day. What are you doing? Nothing. Mm. I guess. Right. There's judgment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no. Mm, it's a judgment. Mm. <laughs> it's not. Wow. Well, that's great. You're taking time for yourself. You're doing something different. I'm going to the beat of your own drum. Right on you. It's not yeah, that. I don't think I'd say that. It's not um, that. So has there been talk of help for this? I mean, population or. Well, and aside from that, do parents? What? What are parents like? Scared of like kicking them out of the door? Like, what's that? Well, Is that the like we have to take care of our own no matter what? Well, what would happen to them? I out on the street. Well, yeah, yeah, but that does happen. Yeah, I don't know if that happens like here. Right. I think that might be more of a here thing with that right. individualism. Right. 
or yeah, yeah or a lot of people or, or maybe young people leave maybe because their shame like at least you're hiding your kid at home like nobody's seeing them if you kick them out and then people be like that does why is your son on the street that does bring up a good point though because a lot of kids who may feel that here with the individualism piece will be like a few parents i'm leaving because they don't feel accepted mm-hmm. um where there they kind of buckle down okay i'm gonna stay here because of the shame part or i yeah 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 <laughs> so there are special social work programs that are focused on hikikomori they have caseloads you know they wow. identify people they try to reach out, but they said the biggest barrier is people refuse help. Mm-hmm, right. And like here, there's that self-determination. So if they haven't applied for disabilities themselves, they can't get support from that problem, that department. And police can't get involved unless police decide to get involved. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like a, de- a dead end street and often parents can't request it for them as they're getting to that point where they're going to have to go into a, you know, the re- people still have that self-determination and have to yeah, accept not, help. You can't force. Yeah. You can yeah. force them off your property though, but that's, that's where I think the line is on the parent side is like, I don't know, maybe that's too. Yeah. I don't know if culturally that is a thing. Yeah. I think you would want to hide it. Right. Like, at least if they're in your house, nobody it's seeing, seeing that. You can just deny it. What? What? What's up? Well, it, when like I'm wondering about like. Of course, the- this is conjecture. If you're in Japan and you know something, please tell us. Right. I'm very culturally separated over here. So even things like LGBTQ plus stuff, I'm wondering like how much of that is like how many of those. Oh my God, I'm going to get into that. I'm sorry. I know your topic before you say it. Hey, being predictable. <laughs> one individual was two. to me that's not fair i know you more than any person one individual yourself. no that's not fair one individual was she can keep that yeah one individual was too ashamed at being employed unemployed to reach out for help even after his father that he was living with died so he lived with the corpse for six months <gasps> Yeah. I mean, that's how deep the shame is and not having a job. Like being employed is has such high cultural value in Japan. Um, so it's a life spent in a bedroom, possibly reading manga, scrolling the internet, disconnected from others. That's great. There's a couple unique terms. A bottler is a hikikomori who pees into a plastic bottle. Oh, I've known adult men who've done that, but usually it's substance related. And a Matsuler is a hikikomori who plays video games in with a diaper. I don't, haven't met that yet, but it's probably exists. Yeah. And a former hikikomori explained that it's because they don't have the energy to go to the toilet and they can't take any interest in themselves. They feel like nobody cares about them. So and that sounds like some heavy depression uh, because like, I know, I know of adults where I'm like, because you don't move, your body hurts more mm-hmm. and like, but convincing them of that seems really challenging. Cause they're like, no, but when I move, it hurts. But if you moved more, it would hurt less as you do it more, unless you have like a disability of some kind. Well, if you have such low sense of self, mm-hmm. like, why wouldn't you just shit yourself? you know 
I think that's what this guy was getting at. Like you just have no interest in caring for yourself. You get so low. Mm. So let's talk about help for a Kikomori. Yeah. There's not a lot of resources to help a Kikomori. There's those social work programs that I mentioned, but it's going to be fun to do like a six month, like just to see what that's like <laughs> as, a, as a counselor. Yeah, there are a few programs and the government is kind of shi- shining a light on this now because there's real motivation to mobilize the shut-ins from a health perspective. There's, you mentioned, you know, loneliness poses an increased risk of mortality it's exactly the same as the risk of obesity. Mm-hmm. So loneliness and obesity have the same, um, you know, you, you'll die sooner, mm-hmm. basically. Put it in a nut, nutty shell. <laughs> so usually it's the family that may come seek help um, because those are really unlikely to ask for it for themselves. So some family members will come forward. They'll creep forward. Since the hikikomori do not work the family members usually come out because they're at that point of financial desperation you know they just can't continue to support their child like they're aging they're not working anymore they have limited income and then they're also worried that nobody will be available to look after their child after they die sorry can we pause what's going on the What's happening? We're having a plug issue. Technical difficulties. Did it fix? There, yes, it fixed. Okay. We don't want things to die because we have no power. (laughs) Low motivation saps the energy out of us all. These parents are under a lot of strain. (laughs) The heat just kicked on again, spreading. It's snowing outside. So the parents do have a lot of shame. And so it's hard for them to come forward. They might worry about what others think. Like, how could you do such a terrible job of raising your child? So there's quite a lot of stigma attached to being the parent of Hikikomori. Mm -hmm. So that, I guess, goes back to why maybe they wouldn't kick him out because Mm -hmm. that's going to make it more publicly known. So a program that I looked at utilized former Hikikomori as peer support counselors. So I thought that was a good idea because yeah. the Hikikomori might connect with them mm-hmm. more readily. Contagion. Like less defenses, like, okay, yeah. you can relate to me. You you know what it's like to wear a diaper and play video games. Like <laughs> it decreases mm-hmm. some of the shame. Right. So one Hikikomori of 14 years shared his journey and said people ask him, aren't you embarrassed to still be like this at your age? He said when he was younger, he had a difficult time fitting in and having conversations with others. And later he had trouble fitting in at work. He made mistakes. And and this really speaks, I think, to a different culture than here like for him that was stressful because it put a burden on others right, right his mistakes made others have to have stress or work harder like here i think we would experience that differently making mistakes right. it would be more self-centered yeah. not other centered right yeah so he said just 
it was built up stress from dealing with humans, which I get. Yeah, He said he kept it inside and then just one day something broke. And then when he became a Kikomori, he felt safe. So there's that instant relief from that stress. Yeah. Like once you withdraw and you don't have to deal with that, you see. feel safe. Yeah, I could, it's like three days into your vacation. You know, the first three days you're still thinking about everything. <laughs> and then that three days hit, hits and you're like, I'm on an island. I'm in the middle of nowhere. I'm like, I could do this I forever. Could, I have no responsibilities. Good luck getting a hold of me. My phone is back in the hotel room. I threw it in the water. I mean, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> but yeah, I could, I totally get that. Like once you yeah. give yourself permission to turn off, it feels really good. Yeah, I re- recommend everybody read this um, new book uh, called Rest is Resistance by Trisha Hersey. Mm-hmm. Presents a new perspective on grind culture and why it's detrimental to all of us and what we can do about it. So this person said, you know, once he can find himself in his home, he finally, he felt secure. He had that sense of safety. So now in recent times, many Kikumori later after quitting their jobs, after experiencing some depression, some are finding they had undiagnosed learning disabilities or are neurodivergent. Oh, yeah. And finally things are clicking. So before they felt frustration with themselves and, and blame for not knowing why their personalities and behaviors were like that, like why weren't they like everybody else? And then some, you know, do become hikikomori as children but most experiences after they go out into the work life environment and they suffer setbacks, like they're not able to fit in or they have some kind of traumatic experience on the job. And after they leave work, they get more and more disconnected from society. And the longer they're disconnected, the harder it is to rejoin. That's so true. Like even just as a counselor seeing clients, because there's periods of time where I may not have this many clients. And then like just having that one in the middle of a day feels so much harder than if I have five <laughs> in a row. Because like you just get used to not. And then you build up anxiety and apprehension. And then you're like, oh, okay, that one's so bad. And then it's over and you have more time again. I felt that working at the yeah. school when you get the summer breaks and it was right. so wonderful. But then your endurance level goes down, and then, and then the you have to like build it back up again. So difficult. That's why year-round school is kind of a good idea in a way. Yeah, because you just sustain it. But but let's not have kids start so so early in the morning. No, nine nine thirty. Like fine. If I don't have to do that for work every day, why do kids? Have well, to and like teenage brains. Research has showed teenage brains do not wake them. up till nine thirty in the morning. Why has nobody changed this yet? Because so nobody bad. has Listened voted us as president. <laughs> Presidents. We could have a thruple presidency. Oh, ooh, yes. yes. Let's do it. What are, how would we like run? No, we how do we, how do we combine our three names? Like how you would. Oh, a, a portmanteau. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Naomi, Sarah, me, Sarah. Nissanem? Nissanem. Is that too close to S and M? Naracy? S and M. Oh my God! It is S and M. It is S and M. Oh, okay. FML. It is S and M. 
We're going to have to hire an ad campaign person. We can't okay. do this on our own. <laughs> no, because immediately we came up with bondage. So, all right. People used to say hikomori. Do it. Just saying. No comment. People used to say Kiko Mori just needed to get out of the house and get a job. Like it was just sort of that compliance base, like just do what you're supposed to do. Just get out of bed. Come on. That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't work. Mm-mm. But now there's remote work options. So that's changing. You don't have to get out of the house and get a job. Instead of having to be quote unquote normal individuals, maybe you don't have to change. Maybe the neurotypical world is finally adapting to accommodate differences. I love this. One of the most, for me personally, one of the best things about the COVID years is I was able to attend so many huge conferences because they were virtual Mm -hmm. and I'm terrified of flying. And plus I don't like traveling anyway, because I like being at home and, you know, and I have people I have to take care of like, the world adapted to me mm-hmm. and I thought it was great. It was like, it widened the circle. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to, you know, figure out because travel is also expensive. So that excludes mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Right. I oddly thought about this earlier this morning about like how, you know, way back much smaller communities, villages, tribes, right. Like, and, and the scope of influence was fairly small and that was okay. Um, as long as you're meeting your needs, within that community and it it could be small and now everything's so big like you're expected to have connections that are much wider than just your like small community um and that's exhausting well research shows you can only be friends with 150 people max oh i don't i can't no i need like i need like five (laughs) i need five total the rest of you i'm so sorry i like you a lot but i can't i can't appreciate that you exist though Um, really do in the past individuals who are gay may have become hikikomori but are now seeing so older gay men who may have become hikikomori because there was lack of acceptance are now seeing many young gay people who have come out and they see Mm -hmm. that the landscape has changed but still older gay people in japan tend to isolate themselves unlike the younger ones and some can't even use a smartphone. So it's hard to connect with others mm-hmm. in the community in Japan. So if you're a social worker in Japan, maybe that would be uh, something to do is try to connect these older shut-in gay guys with some technology. Well, and I'm even thinking like the elder populations too, who may not know how to use technology as well, like train them, teach them give them computers so they can do this yeah you have a dog in your basement i do okay just curious <laughs> one former hikomori there there are people in the basement as well my ex-husband lives in the okay. basement it just i thought it was outside and it was like no it's definitely in the you're basement. hearing it through the heater vent or it's a ghost dog there's only one furnace portal there's one furnace. No, it's definitely down on it. For this entire building. So the sounds travel through the heating ducts. I'm just, this lighting is great because I'm sure I'm actually beat red right now. Yeah, me too. Yeah, you too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One former Hikikomori said, 
If you're neurodivergent or a sexual minority, the normal people we imagine are in our heads don't really exist. We should acknowledge that having something different is what is normal. I loved that. I could totally relate to that. Embrace your unicornness. That could be our slogan. Abby normals. That's right. When individuals do want to reconnect with society, they can take baby steps starting out gradually. So if you never go out, maybe just start going out at night. Um, Because some have spoken about how the sunlight is just unbearable. Like if you have not been outside and then, you know, only go to uncrowded places and then at night to crowded places Mm -hmm. and then to places without crowds in the daytime, take baby steps. Well, and you kind of have to get them to have them, you know, the why, why do that in the first place? And maybe just telling them, do you want 10 more years to play video games? Don't die of starvation. Right. I mean, like there's some real world, real health consequences of this, like earlier death, more health risks. Um, You may not be able to fend for yourself. So a chance at happiness. Right. Real happiness. And and I'm not saying so like I think our culture, I agree that grind culture is so unhealthy. So and individualism is unhealthy. People are afraid to ask for help even when they need it. Somewhere in the middle. Just do it on your own. Somewhere in the middle would be nice. I think for every. For most, for most, some yeah. people thrive in those extremes, but I think that well, one's good. I think everybody read "Rest is Resistance" and see what you think. It really I'm like slipping off a screen. Here. Yeah, don't know, don't know. So to wrap it up, a positive program. Let's give a look for you. Like Cafe Smile. Is run by a former hikikomori, and it provides employment experience for those who want to take steps into the workforce. And I love this because it's run by somebody who gets it. So people who want to like take steps towards employment, they're considered helpers. So they can take breaks anytime they want, if they feel tired or stressed out. And they don't have to talk to customers. And they don't even have to talk to one another. I love that. Mm -hmm. Right. I wish I didn't have to talk to people. People. They can come and go and work at their own place. Sorry, that's my job. (laughs) I do have to. (laughs) So the pressure to adhere to a certain schedule that would create avoidance, Mm -hmm. it's eliminated. Right. Like, come whenever you want or don't. Talk or don't. Which is... Work or don't. Healthy to be out moving, it's being a part steps. of something you feel accomplishment yeah. and competencies. Yeah. Originally, the owner worked with teens, but says she's now seeing more older hikikomori in their 20s and 30s. And she said, Cafe Smile builds confidence. And I just love that, like, accepting, like, empowering approach. Like, let's meet people where they're at. And mm-hmm. Some of the people that started at Cafe Smile were able to go on and secure like actual pay- paying employment. So the way forward for Kiko Mori may be in a- accepting mainstream society's conventions, but not stressing conformity. So there's that balance piece. 
And that's it. Take a Kamari. Did you find any statistics on um, suicide rates that correlate with this? Um, I There were some documentaries that I didn't watch that did speak to some some suicide, but I didn't really look into that aspect. And this is my, did we switch our wines? Wine? No <laughs> wine switching. It's fine. Not all. We should I'm do really instant down. replay. Really we'll find out later. Mine is always um, the one that's the most full. Oh, well, if you are talking first, or is it always full? Yeah, no, it's no. She did her presentation. I'll shake first. them all, whichever one's the most full. That's mine. Oh. Your glass is half full. My glass is always half full. Okay, so you can't look at this one. Look at that one back there. That's your focal. No, not this one. Thank you. That's really hard. Okay, right right in the middle. This? How about that? There, you're gone. That's so much better oh, because then I'm you. not like distracted on yeah my weird face. Don't look at much. <laughs> okay. All right. I have my glasses off now, so I can't read it. Okay. Anyway. Cool. All right. So my turn. Um. But the reason why I brought up the suicide forest topic was because a lot of the um, social pressure of like, so like a, it definitely increased the amount of suicides during like the financial crisis. And when people felt like they weren't meeting family expectations mm -hmm. and then they wanted to not be a burden and that, that leaving process. So it's kind of interesting that like coming and staying and hiding. Yeah. I've always thought it was interesting that suicide is illegal. Right, that's we could go on. Yeah, Different I'll just leave it at that. Thought to ponder for folks. Okay, so I'm going to talk about the Indonesian mass killings of 1960, no, sorry, 1965 to 1966. So first of all, have you heard of these? No, I had not either. This is considered one of the most horrific mass killings up to um, what year is this? 65. So this was considered this right along. Felt? No. Okay. Um, but this was aligned, like compared to the um, Nazi killings in World War II and um, uh, China's, uh, like the. So this was in Cambodia. That we're no. about. Mm -hmm. So this is up there, and this is something that is literally not even in in Indonesian history books. Why? Right. Why? What's and we're going to talk about Tell this. us. And the U.S. government has a big piece to play in it, which is very interesting. Wait, the U.S. government is covering up Indonesian history books? Uh, we know. Why, why, why are our hands substantial? Oh, you're going to hate how much our hands are in this. I was like, oh, wait, no. what? And then there's a part that is comical and like, really? I pay taxes for that to happen. So just, just okay. buckle up. Just buckle up. Cowboy. I don't know how that relates. You don't buckle up on a horse. Um, <laughs> right Strap in. Okay, so this 1965 to 1966. It was also known as the Indonesian Genocide, Indonesian Communist Purge. So this has to do with communism. Mm -hmm. So you can start to see some overlap immediately in the U.S. during that time that was happening. So these were large-scale killings and civil unrest that targeted primarily Communist Party of Indonesia, PKI. So what I want to make clear here is that this is not like Vietnam War, where we, like, people were killed and it was a war. 
this is just a political party that is separate from the main. But U.S. was involved. Yeah, we'll get there. Mm. Yes, we'll get there. Don't you worry. So why don't there why were other such long fingers? Who does U.S. Oh, I was I like, I think they're long, short fingers, creepy <laughs> fingers that just trail and tendril places oh, they shouldn't be. And that's why, like, I'm kind of horrified that I've never heard of this. I've never been taught this. You haven't and, heard of or taught been taught anything. Well, and then honest. I'm going to read you what the U.S. news reported after this here in a while and it's going to make sense why it never like has been a flag on the u.s american brains because we've kind of been brainwashed in a lot of ways Hmm. so other affected groups i do want to name some other groups who were affected by this um people who did have um communist sympathies so that means that they may not have even been party affiliates but they were like identified as having sympathetic to the cause uh, Jawani women, ethnic Javanese, uh, uh, Javanese Abagan, ethnic Chinese in the region, atheists, um, and alleged quote unbelievers and alleged leftists. So this actually did impact a lot of people. So the estimates are between five hundred thousand to a million people were killed. A lot of people, right? So it's this is a lot. We're not. I mean, this is a lot. So. During this time, and so this was from October 1965 to March 1966. That's a pretty short time period for this many people to be killed. So the atrocities were instigated by the Indonesian army under Suharto. These names are going to be similar here in a minute. So Suharto with an H versus the one with the K. We'll get there. So, um, and they received support from foreign countries such as the U.S. and the United Kingdom. We'll talk about how and why in a moment. So this, it began as an anti-communist purge. There was a controversial attempted coup, is that what they call it? Coup? Or coup. Coup? Coup? Coup d'etat. takeover. A coup d'etat. By 30 September movement. According to the most widely published estimates, um, so from the uh, Indonesian government, it's like they're estimating on the lower 500,000 side and more independent sources is going up to the million 1.2 people killed side. Um, but there's there's no historical documents in Indonesia about this happening. So from who died, how it happened, all of that has been like purged. I mean, that's there, like in our field. If you don't document it, it didn't happen. Well, they probably documented it and then burned it. Um, for your journals, also an episode. Uh, but they're really relying a lot on U.S. documents, which makes me concerned too about the validity of what's in those documents, since we were um, contributing to why this happened. Okay. So that being said, there was uh, the purge was a pivotal event that transitioned to what they called the new order and the elimination of the PKI as a political force. So the PKI was actually um, had control for a while and they were doing relatively well uh, what they were falling through and what they said. It was stability in the country. Um, and so they were gaining political steam because of that. Um, but uh, the leader attended a global conference on well, it wasn't directly communism, but it was one that the U.S. definitely flagged as you have communist ideals. Mm-hmm. So it really put 
put it in the limelight of the US of like, we're watching you. So it ended up leading to the fall of President Sukarno, okay, not H, okay, um, and the commencement of Suharto's three decade authoritarian Suharto. president. Suharto. Okay. I know, mm-hmm. I read this and I'm like, I had to like get that straight. So this attempted coup attempt released this communal hatred in Indonesia. So they were they were really um, fanned by the Indonesian army and they blamed the PPI. So what ended up happening, the United States, the United Kingdom and Australia started doing pl- black propaganda campaigns against Indonesian communists. So what that meant was, so this is all during the Cold War period and the United States, its government, Western allies, tried to, wanted to halt the spread of communism. That was really their political goal, um, trying to bring it into that Western sphere of influence. Britain had reasons for seeking Sukarno's removal as its government was involved in an undeclared war with the neighboring Federation of Malaya and a Commonwealth Federation of former British colonies. So multiple hands in the cookie jar happening. So colonialism. Yes, absolutely. Ha- has a part in this. A hundred percent. So part of this too is that um, the PKI uh, ended up, so the result of this at the PKI was purged, disbanded um, after this happened. So I'm going to talk a little bit um, about the killings a little bit more. So So Kornos, it's okay, the current, his actual, it was a guided democracy, which is what um, he had initially, which was a coalition between both militia, religious group, and communists. So there's a lot of different um, influences coming into the government, um, and it was really increasing the popularity of the group. Um, So I didn't know this. This was the third largest communist group in the world. So again, why it would be on the U.S.'s radar at the time. They had approximately 300,000 cadres and full memberships of around 2 million people. The party's assertive efforts to speed up land reform, frighten those who controlled the land, and threaten the social principles as well as uh, the use of Marxist theory. Uh, Sukarno required government employees to study his uh, Nasacom principles as well as Marxist theory. So like they, it was something that um, that kind of socialist underpinning was taught and not enjoyed by the those who controlled. I need to things. look more into this part of history. It was I. That's why you said like I got lost for hours learning about this, and I still feel like I don't know enough because I I was not taught anything about this at all. At all, they sugarcoat our history books. <laughs> it's so bad. I feel it's like I want to know more about like that period of time with communism, you know, mm-hmm. McCarthyism, you know, all that, all, all the isms, the Marxism. isms. that hunting for right. people that were well, involved in it. You know, honestly, I started know, my story. No more. I wanted to do my topic originally on like the um during that period the anti-communist movement and the like kind of blacklisting and killing of people yeah um because that was a thing and I remembered that I can remember that from my history books <laughs> and as I'm looking that up Indonesia kept coming up in my searches yeah. and I'm like what does Indonesia have to do with any of this and I went in and I was like 
Holy crap. Not too many people know about that. You right. uncovered like some hidden truths here. But it's because we're told about this part that's been told to us to be okay to, to learn about. And a lot of what we ended up learning has only fairly recently been undisclosed. What's that called when they make it not confidential anymore? Just disclosed. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Unconfidential. I appreciate that. <laughs> okay. So, um, uh da, 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 da. okay so he had this meeting at the time um with the people's republic of china so this is where the u.s got scared because he met with china a communist country at the time well still and um which he called the fifth force and he wanted to create an um kind of like a let's see make sure i get this wrong a revolutionary group or get this right <laughs> Since Freudian stuff, get this wrong. Um, a revolutionary group, um, whether they were nationalist, religious, or a communist, stating, I'm a friend of the communists because the communists are revolutionary people. He said at a non-aligned movement summit meeting in Cairo in October 1964 that his current purpose was to drive to drive all of Indonesia's politics to the left and thereby neutralize the reactionary elements of the army that could be dangerous for the revolution. Sukarno's international policies um, then reflected that rhetoric. Okay, so he attended that conference, um, freaked out the U.S., and then what ended up, what's really interesting is, so you see my PDF here that I'm reading off of? I end up highlighting literally everything, so I, there's a point where I stop highlighting because I'm like, this is all important. <laughs> I used to do that in school all the time. You highlighted everything? <laughs> oh my god! This is so weird because I just met with a client this afternoon mm -hmm. and we were talking about because they, they weren't sure how to take notes in class mm. with creating anxiety. And yeah. so I Googled, how do you take notes? And they say, don't fucking highlight. No, I know. Because they're that's, like, that's list making is bad too. List making. They say it pulls focus actually from what's hurts. actually important. And most people over highlight. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. There's like that. Not a sentence. Not yeah. Nice. If you're highlighting everything, why highlight? I stopped taking notes stopped in my master's asking. program because I was like, this is, I'd never go back and I mean, read it. Between that and yeah, yeah, yeah. marking a book of a PDF online, I feel like it's different. Yeah. Um, okay. So, okay. This is the part that I was like, roll my eyes. I pay taxes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Don't read it. I, I'm really not. I'm just like staring you're just that central, way. So yeah. I have to And read. I just see orange. That's fine. It's all. Okay. So here's the deal is that, so up to this point, the U.S. is already freaked out by them. So the U.S. Central, the CIA, Central Intelligence Agency considered assassinating Sakarno, and we have this on record, and selected an asset to do the job. But instead of doing that, here's what we did. I mean, I don't want to use we. Right. The U.S. government decided... To produce a porn video Wait, with, what? with an actor this took a turn. portraying Sukarno and a Soviet flight attendant to delegitimize, to delegitimize him and paint him as a communist. However, the video was not released because the agency could not put together a convincing enough film. <laughs> they couldn't make a good porn? <laughs> I love Wait, the what's, the porn? what's the porn <laughs> supposed to be? What? 
What's the porn supposed to be? So it's supposed to be, he's like having, it's like a, a porno with him and a flight attendant. <laughs> that somehow means he's a communist. Are you asking what the plot of the porn is? Yeah, yeah it's what the point is. The... So they probably put too much plot in is what I'm guessing. Because most porn doesn't have a real plot. I it's don't like, like a lot of plot. <laughs> you want some nuts with that? Puppy? I don't, know. I, I don't need any puppy. stage That's set. Like, like just get to it. That's me. <laughs> like she like she comes out in the captain's hat and it doesn't make sense because she's not really the you know she's not flying the plane Who's so they the plane? thought <laughs> if you're in a porn you're a on the ground right like is that it like if you're in a porn you're automatically a communist <laughs> i guess i mean maybe I'm, not, I'm, trying, I'm struggling to make the connection just trying to like maybe that's why tarnish his like, name right well no it's him? not even it's like yes delegitimize him by specifically calling him a communist because again in the u.s where like because you're in a, at that but time. why be, is being in a porn yeah, they didn't release it because they couldn't make a good connection <laughs> physically or mentally maybe because i still can't make the connection i know about I why being in a porn would make you a communist I know. So I'm like, why do I pay taxes then? If you can't put together good enough, you know, they that. spent millions of dollars on this project. They brought in oh, secret yeah. experts. They were sworn to secret. Like, is this like a there NDAs galore? Pretty page document, and this is three <laughs> sentences out of it. And I want to know more. And I didn't have enough. Time. And you know that porn is out there somewhere. They well, that it was bad release. It was never released. But so they you, have it. it's somewhere. A bad government-made <laughs> porn. Like, I, I wonder if has that like access, and they like just watch all the like rejected pornos that the government's made that never sent out to people. <laughs> that exists somewhere. What year is this? This would have been in nineteen. Oh, this is in nineteen fifty-eight. So this is prior to oh. this stuff. So, like again, fifty-eight porn is probably kind of tame anyway. We were already again. Yeah, pre, yeah, yeah. This is. Do you want? Though I do like just, just leave it on. old Fairly. flight attendant neckline uh, fashion neckline. Oh, ankle, ankle. So like my Breast. hot ankle. There may have been breasts exposed. Oh, boobies. Yeah, because they always would expose like the female over the. But male. like they didn't even trial it. Like they didn't show. It to well, anyone. I want. They must have had some re reviewers or auditors. Who oh, were just like no. Fucking Freedom of Information Act. <laughs> if if people <laughs> enact that, they have the government has to release it. That's so, what I think what you're talking you about before with that. Maybe. Maybe those not. words you said oh before. i don't remember oh about disclosing yeah yeah yes yes okay i don't think that's what i was actually saying but I, that is the smarter way of saying what i was trying to get to. <laughs> so that was the thing that that like because i was interested and i was like what the? i am definitely and then i was like why i mean obviously at this point we are so far in <laughs> like you were talking about fingers in the cookie jar like or just in in it i have never mentioned a cookie jar i said cookie jar <laughs> After you said fingers in it, because then I'm like, she's I knew about the, I knew about the, I think I, I said tendrils. I about the porn ahead of time. You did say fingers, and that made me think about porn <laughs> because of this, obviously. Um, okay, so let's talk about 30 September. So on the evening of 30 September 1965, a group of militants known as 30 September Movement captured and executed six of Indonesia's top military generals. 
Okay. The movement proclaimed itself as Sukarno's protectors, issuing a preemptive strike, according to them, a possible coup by the anti-Sukarno pro-Western Council of Generals. Okay, so let's flush this out a little bit. So he's still in power. Why do you say flush instead of flush? I said it flush it out. It's it is flush, flush it out. out. No, it's not. Yes, it's it flush. is. It's flush it out. Oh, bullshit. Should I look Hold it on. I would, so, go, I would go with flush. You're both wrong. Here, let me explain. Okay, but also... You have a skeleton, I mean, like you're an outline. I'm sure you have a great reason. You have an outline with like a skeleton, and when you add more details, you flesh it out. I mean, I get that. Yeah, I no, get that. Flushing is down a toilet. Yeah, like... Because you're wired to filter No, it's flush it out. I'm looking. I need an answer before I move forward. I have said it twice tonight. I know. I'm like, why do you fucking keep saying flush it out? I have no idea. It's flush it out. Flesh. I don't think I've said that in the last year, at least. It's bothering me. (gasps) Great. Is it right? Is it flush it out? To flesh out something is to give it substance or to make it build on the skeleton or more nearly complete. It's okay. To to flush out something is to cause it to leave a hiding place. Yeah. Like That's you're flushing down the toilet. No, but but to to be fair, the birds were flushed out of the tree. They because you don't the want them in the tree. The birds were flushed out because we were scared of them. I'm just gonna move on. Um, <laughs> both the thing. It's I didn't okay, know flushing out was. Can you please write down our podcast name is Flush It Out? Flush It Out. Because yeah. we will all forget about this. We're doing one ten. Flush It Out. No, flush, no, flush it out. Flush. Yeah. The wrong thing. I mean, they're both they're right. Both they're no. both right. I didn't know flush I it out wasn't talking thing. about it anymore. So, no, I flush it out. It, the way you described it sounds way more poetic for sure. Um, okay, so following the executions, remember the like following the executions, the movements. The movement's forces occupied the square in Jakarta. So Jakarta is an interesting um, thing because there's Where is been that? in Indonesia. Okay. So there was an there's been other like situations like this in other countries where U.S. has backed in a similar way. And there's one specifically in this very long article that I can't remember the name of, where they actually spray painted Jakarta on the wall, Mm. um, referencing what happened here. So it is known, even if we don't know it specifically here very well. So we don't really know anything, to be fair. So bad. Um, So what's interesting, though, so that happened. And the the leader, uh, Sikorno, said, I'm not part of this. Like, I don't align with this. This isn't me. He's already in power, first of all. And this is like to prevent some future thing is basically what the people who did it said. Um, and he's like, no, 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 no. And the, the people who, this group of people who did this were... Um, what they had said were mostly, their words, not mine, illiterate peasants from remote villages, um, like poor, impoverished peoples who came together in anger and did this. Mm-hmm. It's not like a militia group that he put together. And I think that's important because what happened then is that 
um, all of a sudden this military propaganda came, campaign came out from Suharto, the age. Um, he immediately deployed troops, dispensed a movement, trumpeting the movement's action as a danger to the nation. So he he's using this now as a political platform. So on um, he began to sweep the country on October 5th, uh, the Armed Forces Day and the day of the Sixth General State's funeral. There's graphic images and funerals of the people who were murdered, tortured, and even castrated. Um, and they, he circulated them around the country. So everyone's seeing this. Again, the actions of a bundle of people that weren't connected to the actual government at the time. The campaign was successful uh, despite a lot of falsified information, convincing both Indonesian and interna international audiences that the mur murders were PKI uh, attempts to undermine the government under Sukarno. So, oh, these people are trying to undermine the government, it's PKI, and built up tension, hatred um, that was already kind of building under the surface. Gesundheit. Thank you. <laughs> So a total of 12 people were killed that night. Um, Sahardo ultimately presented it as a nationwide conspiracy to commit mass murder. And millions of people associated PKI, PKI um, with this. And um, one thing that they found was that this movement, so he tried to make it sound like this big mass murder happened and that their movement came as a direct result. However, that happened and between that moment, the movement ended, and the moment the armed masses, the mass armed arrest began, there's a lot of words. There was there was a whole three-week period where nothing happened. There was no violence, there was no civil war unrest, like nothing. So this once isolated event happened by people who were not connected. Three weeks of just pure mm. silence happened, and then a response came. That from then, who? From Su Suharna, mm. who said that this was a mass murder, and they're responding to this mass murder threat to the government. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Right. Okay. So then what happened? So Sukarno still this whole time is constantly protesting this purge, saying that so the army is getting involved now, and he's saying that this is burning down a house to kill a rat. So this is where the army is doing something separate from the government. So Suharno over the army is now acting independently of Sukarno. So it's so confusing because the names are so similar. I know, I know, I know. It took me a bit. So the army removed started stripping top civilian military leaders who may be PKI, PKI affiliated, just started stripping them out of their positions. Leading uh, PKI members were immediately arrested um, and some were executed um, pretty immediately. Army leaders organized demonstrations in Jakarta. So this is where when it's referenced, it's kind of referenced from this point of, we're gonna put you on display, execute you. So this anti-communist group that was formed included the army-backed Indonesian Army Students Action Front and the Indonesian Youth and Students Action Front and the Indonesian University Alumni Action Front. So a lot of young youth. A lot of action fronts. <laughs> right. Ended up dying in this. So mm -hmm. a lot of the... Um... I laugh and then you say that. I'm like, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm like, eh. <laughs> So a lot of the initial deaths, 
were I I mean I timed it well to be fair so the initial deaths occurred during the organized clashes between the army and the PKI so um, some Indonesian armed forces uh, units who were sympathetic to communism and were trying to resist the crackdown that was happening so there was some of that but there was there really wasn't as much of like people turning and attacking like their neighbors it was all once the army initiated the violence Mm -hmm. then then it was happening so Sukarno's presidency is starting to unravel as this is happening and Suharto begins getting more control following the coup attempt the PK's top national leadership was all hunted arrested executed and then in early October PKI chairman Dupu Nesantra flown to central Java where the coup attempt had been supported by leftist officers, fellow senators were there. And then they, so they all of a sudden like, okay, this unrest is happening. Right. So these leaders come in to like, what is happening? Um, They were arrested and killed shortly after arriving. Hmm. So party leaders gone eliminated. Okay. So the massacres themselves, the killing started in 1965, Jakarta, and then they spread. Um, And with that, we don't know many details because, again, we're relying a lot on U.S. documents. And you can imagine that's pretty distant from what's happening on the scenes there. Mm -hmm. The worst massacres were reported in Asa, Bali, Central and East Java, where PK support was the strongest. Situations varied from each of the countries, but the army was really at the center of all of it and local militia. Um, com, uh, communal vigilante, vigilante action preceded the army sometimes, but not often. It was mostly the army initiating. So okay. I imagine people would feel like compelled to join in if the military is doing it out of fear. Right. And they and they had all been shown all these horrific images of these people trying to take over their country right propaganda is powerful exactly exactly. and being spread by the u.s as well so we were in this also spreading propaganda we were also blocking negative media um externally as well so it was kind of getting like earmuffs were being put on control the the message so the anti-communist killings were then instigated with youth assisted by the army most of the victims were not major political figures and were poor, lower middle class people, farmers, um, just people who were trying to live their lives, were just targeted. Um, sometimes it was just as easy as like you knew a friend who was a PKI member could could put you on that list. So very few exceptions. The killings were not spontaneous. Um, they were very planned, very organized killings. Most of the victims were detained by the Indonesian army. So this I found horrifying. So initially, many of the lefties gave themselves up, right? Like white flag, okay, let's surrender. And they were all executed. Oh. Hmm. So the white flag doesn't mean no. what we think it means. Not if it was calling if, yourself out, like right, okay, which it doesn't give you safety, right? Which in this again, like this wasn't this wasn't war. This was a a party that a group, a small group of extremists took action, and it was used to complete genocide mm. of a of a group of peoples, um, and to gain power to gain power yeah. exactly and. 
that excuse helped other countries in political ways. And so it was reinforced, which is horrifying. Mm-hmm. So they thought it was safe to turn themselves in. It was not safe. Um, one thing that's a little unique. So from the, these killings were done more like Rwanda than like in Nazi Germany. So it was more person to person than through like uh, gas chambers, things like that. So they did things like shooting, dismembering alive, stabbing, disembowelment, mm. castration, impaling, strangling, beheading with Japanese style samurai swords. Um, firearms and automatic, automatic weapons were actually pretty limited. And so it was typically things like knives, sickles, machetes, swords, ice picks, bamboos, spears, iron rods, or other makeshift weapons. So very horrifying horrifying this was not a quick death and many people were tortured before they were killed um islamic extremists extremists often paraded severed heads on spikes and corpses were often thrown into rivers and at one point officials complained to the army that rivers were getting congested that ran into the city of surabaya congested with due to the bodies all the bodies so just throw the bodies in the river yeah have you guys ever heard of that torture technique where They'd have someone like, I don't know, they put a bamboo mm. shoot up you and then just let it grow. I think Eureka or you but where they would like start just one of the holes. And it would just and they actually kind of quickly. What a slow it'd be slow, but it was still that's so strong they could shoot out your insides. Wow. You said bamboo. Yeah, I thought of that. And I thought of when she said bamboo, I thought of um, Eskrima. I used to, yeah, oh, mm-hmm. I used to take oh. Filipino um, with the fighting. Cool. Yeah, it fucking hurts. You can hear that snap. Yeah, I mean, when I was training, mm-hmm. you slip up, you get hit. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. It it learns, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so. Mm-hmm. Continuing, uh, in some areas of East Java, their members lined up communists, cut their throats, disposed of the bodies in the rivers. There were rows of like severed penises that were left behind as a, like a reminder to the remaining people. The killings left whole sections of villages just completely vacant and empty. And often their um, items would be looted or military would take over their housing. Okay, so I also want to speak to local Chinese Indonesians. Um, This was actually deemed as a genocide by, um, uh, what's the convention? Um, I'll think of it here in a minute because it'll tell me. United Nations. Thank you. United Nations deemed this a genocide. Um, they it is actually it's about it's about two thousand people. Winner, winner. About 2,000 Chinese Indonesians were killed during this, which is less, obviously, than the total number. But as a group of peoples, they were specifically targeted, and it and it was identified as anti-Chinese racism um, because they were they were identified as oh, you must be PK, you're bringing PKI closer to China. So that's why it happened. It had nothing to do with whether they were PKI themselves. Not saying that was mm. legitimate either, but yeah. because of their origin. So. Um, and predominantly Christian islands is where this happened of Nusa Tenggara, Christian clergy and teachers often um, were uh, victims. So this just kind of flared and it continued to happen um, until March of 1966. 
when they say either, again, there's a lot of like question marks around this because of not documenting or getting rid of records, when either there were no more suspects or authorities intervened, some residents said that there was exceptionally high flooding in March of 1966, and this kind of signaled the end of the killings. So with that, I want to just kind of jump to, I talked about that Islam um, was another uh, group a uh, religious group who was tar or was a religious group targeted here as well. Um, many people who were of Islam faith had to switch to Hinduism or Christianity after this happened. Um, and this like went up until the 90s, which is like insanity to me. So arrest and imprisonment continued for 10 years after the purge happened. And that again, the 1 million number being probably the actual estimate, but it's hard to know for real. PKI members who were not killed or imprisoned went into hiding after all others tried to, you know, they're trying to hide who they were um, in order to still live a life. Mm -hmm. uh, folks who were put in concentration camps, like, because I was like, oh, maybe those who did get put in camps got released at some point, said that the conditions were so bad that most people died in, within the first, like, chunk of their whatever from just starving or uh, just poor conditions in general. So it wasn't any better in the camps at all. Okay. So then I'm going to just jump down to foreign involvement because this is what interests me a lot as well as well, what was our U.S.'s role in this. So Cold War happening for the U.S. during this time, the U.S. government and the rest of the Western Bloc uh, really wanted to stop communism. And with this, um, it's still obscured because there are still documents blocked by the U.S. government. Some have been released, but not all have been released. Um, it is known that at a minimum, the U.S. government supplied money and communication equipment to the Indonesian army that facilitated mass killings, gave 50 million rupa to the KAP Gestapo death squad, and provided targeted names of thousands of alleged PKI leaders to the Indonesian army. Oh, I don't know how President? much a rupa is. I don't know that off the top of my head, but good question. Mm. Yeah, who was the president, was the president at, that at that time? time? Um, I'd have to check. Was this Roosevelt? We look, look it up. 1965. That was not Roosevelt. I, I mean, probably not. <laughs> probably Johnson, because didn't Johnson Kennedy just get assassinated? Didn't Kennedy get assassinated in 63 or 64? Here was this. Look like 1969. Public education system. system. Does not do my service. I, mean, I have bad memory in general. So. Mm. On her phone, there was a crack. <laughs> that looked like a rabbit's ass. <laughs> Actually, it looked like a rabbit's face. <laughs> Continue. It also looked like a bunny. Bunny. Did you see the bunny ears and the little face yeah. and the eye? You see that? I got this on Craigslist. Oh, I'm like, why marked it? I put present in 1965. Present. I'm like, what is this information? <laughs> <laughs> I was confused why this was taking so yeah. long. It should be autocorrect. Come on, Google. Okay. <laughs> everyone, everyone internationally is making fun of it. Yeah, that's fine. We know. We know. It's Johnson. Yes. Oh, right. Johnson. Okay. Johnson. Well, yeah, because Johnson. he took over because okay. Kennedy got assassinated. Oh, wait. Right. On November 22nd, 1963. Yeah. When Kennedy was assassinated, yeah. Johnson right, right. was warning. Okay. I know fucking something, Johnson. people. It's great. <laughs> so 
Okay, so Robert J. Martin's political officer at the U.S. Embassy in Jakarta from 1963 to 1966 told journalist Kathy Kadan in 1990 that he led a group of State Department and CIA officials who drew up the list of 5,000 Communist Party operatives, which he provided to an army intermediary. intermediary. Uh, he asserts that approval for the release of these names came from the top U.S. Embassy officials, including U.S. Ambassador to Indono Indonesia, Marshall Green. So we provided arms, we provided information, we pointed them at it and said, go. Um, Johnson, what were you thinking? So prior to, so this was 2001 when records, um, the CIA attempted to suppress records in 2001. So they were going to be released and they tried to suppress it. Um, they acknowledged that the U.S. Embassy provided this list and ended up being released. So um, with that, da, 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 this was not our first instance of providing lists of suspected communists to members of foreign governments um, to be rounded up and killed is the intention. So they had done this in Guatemala in 1954, in Iraq in 1963. So besides U.S. Official, uh, officials, managers of U.S.-owned corporate plantations also provided the Indonesian armies with lists of troublesome communists and union leaders troublesome. who would be hunted down and killed. So it was... Why is it not killing? Morning. Like, why Why is that well, the first go-to? We're going to, yeah. Well, because politically, the U.S. wanted the Communist Party But it shouldn't gone. be less than that. Well, you... That's a bigger issue, are, probably. <laughs> probably. Okay, so... Oh, there you go. President, let me know. Oh, yeah, down there. Yep. So Robert <laughs> Cribb, um, in you 2000, read those words. Sarah, it's so very far away, right? In 2002, um, Robert Cribb says that there's considerable evidence that the U.S. actually encouraged these killings by both providing the money to anti-communist forces and supplying the Indonesian army with the names. So there is no evidence, however, that the U.S. intervention significantly increased the scale of the killing. So we can't say that, like. We provided this and this somehow did more than would have been done anyways, but you know. And we were rich at that time. We're still like yeah. basking in our post-World War II financial boom. Right, right. So, but part of the problems with this is that the United States never took responsibility as a like sharing guilt in this for the deaths that happened. Mm -hmm. Um because there were multiple countries involved and everyone just kind of like, not me, <laughs> I didn't do that um, without taking accountability, which is effed up. So really we, we may not have made or influenced more. I mean, there's no way to say that, but we definitely um, created the conditions for that. Yeah. or helped create conditions for that to happen. Like how much did they know that their support was going to get to that point? Well, and would they have followed through that if they, you know, oh, we have three giant allies uh, behind us saying, do it. Okay, we're going to do it. Maybe they wouldn't have done it at all thinking that they would have had reprimands for that. We donated some sperm that created that baby. Right, we spermed that baby. <laughs> spermed it up. My dad said the word pumped today. He said, if you pump out a baby, and I said, never say that again. And he said, well, that's how it happened with your mom. And I said, shut up. I'm leaving now. Love you. Bye, dad. <laughs> Bye. Gross. Um, okay. I'm going to pump it out. Just pump it out. 
Pump it. Nope. <laughs> no. Pump up the jams. Pump up the jam. Pump you know that song? Yeah. 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 You're kind of set up. Kind of set up. Um, not exactly like that. But so maybe if that song was playing, it would help. It would help. So what ended up happening was a vindication for the U.S. Um, after after our Cold War garbage. So um, let's see here. So let's. There's one part I want to share. Where is it? Oh, of course I didn't. Uh, okay. Where did my you one highlight go? I know I stopped highlighting. I know where nothing is now. Um, nothing is important yet everything is important <laughs> oh there it is see I know there's one part where I was like this part <laughs> okay so the entire goal for the U.S. was to get rid of Sukarno like that was the main focus and so whatever that took was it K? Mm-hmm, with a K <laughs> that, <guy. laughs> that freaking guy the K <laughs> I think if you look throughout history K's are generally associated with bad people Mm. KKK, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, K's. Mm-hmm. Well, the PKI was also the targeted letter. It is a tricky letter. Already North heard. Korea. Oh, this is what I was looking for. Okay, <laughs> so this is what was released in the U.S. after this mass murder of million a million people. Okay, a headline in the U.S. New World U.S. News and World Report read: Indonesia, hope where there once was none. Even though, again, they were actually stable prior to this, and most people were really enjoying the government. Uh, Australian Minister, Prime Minister Harold Holt commented in the New York Times, with 500,000 to 1 million communist sympathizers knocked off, I think it would be safe to assume a reorientation has taken place. Oh, reorientation. Right. Mm-hmm. Knocked off. That's so me? gentle sounding. I know. After you say knocked off, that's also like saying pumped. Who are you? Um, okay. Knocked up. The, are you from the 50s? The nationalist oilman H.L. Hunt proclaimed <laughs> Indonesia. <laughs> we're going to play that song as soon as we're done. That's recording. fine. That's we'll fine. We'll it at karaoke. <laughs> yeah. They said that Indonesia was now the sole bright spot for the United States in the Cold War and called the ouster of Sukarno the greatest victory for freedom since the last decisive battle of World, World, World War II. Uh, the Time magazine described the suppression of PKI as the West's best news for years in Asia and praised Sahardo's regime as scrupulously constitutional. Love that word. And it was, it was hard to say. And it was scrupulously constitutional. It was a trump for Western Trump. It was a triumph for Mr. Nye for Western propaganda. So we really. We say the T word. So as this was released in the U.S., it was released as great fucking news, everybody. Communism is gone. Great. And but we're not telling you how it happened. Well, or anything like like anybody in the 1950s, 60s knew anything about Indonesia at all. Yeah. So they're just like they're just like, oh, the bad guys are gone. And we we helped. Oh. We made a porno for it was that. So easy to control information then. Oh, right. Oh, hundred percent. Because like you couldn't trip on this, like how I did. Because I like the thing I thought I knew all of, and then it was oh no, I don't know. There was no internet in the 1950s. I remember my dad sitting at the computer. All the noises that I don't remember. 
And I'm like, gosh, I can fold a whole thing of laundry before it connects to the internet. Oh, I can't hear process. that sound. I know. It's just great. Like, they, they couldn't even make it more peaceful. <laughs> but once you're on, you felt fucking cool. But couldn't they like mute that in the message. system? <laughs> you have mail. You got mail. Yeah. I mean, they had to have made that noise. Somebody created that noise to associate the connecting sound. It doesn't it's just really make that noise. After that, sure. that's deeply disturbing. Who are you? Are you from the fifties? Okay, that's all I want to do. We're done. All right. Now you know about Indonesia and our horrible role, and and how it impacts them still today. They're just not in their history books. They're not taught about it. It's people still have to be careful about how they align religiously, politically, today. Well, if you didn't listen to our last episode, I talked about the husband stitch and Macy talked about the triangle. Oh, yes, the Alaskan triangle. The land triangle. Scarier than the Bermuda Triangle. I don't I As just, a juice as above, so below. That's also a movie, a scary movie about hell. Well, they oh. stole it from Jews. Did they? So um, if you want to support our podcast financially, be our supporter on Patreon. It's only a dollar and you get access to exclusive content. Get in here, sir. Until next time. Mm, That's a good one. Until next time. Consider um, balancing conformity with being you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Connect with others so you don't become a Keep it and don't trust your government.